everybody, and welcome back to the Pink Bike Podcast. I'm Mike Levy. This is episode 118, and today is all about music and mountain biking. We're going to talk about how the two are tied together for us, why certain songs or musicians stand out, movie soundtracks, and why Sail by AWOL Nation is the greatest mountain biking song of all time. We'll also talk about listening to music while we ride. And I think we might each make a riding playlist to put in the article on Pink Bike as well. I think you guys are going to know that it's all going to be Bob Seeger for me, but I'm sure Casimir and Henry are going to have some interesting music for you guys to listen to. But I'm going to be completely honest with everybody, including you guys, Casimir and Henry here. I don't know if you guys realize this, but I know jack shit about music other than the fact that Bob Seeger and Rancid are the greatest artists of our generation. Sorry. I always get confused between Bob Seger and Bob Saget. I, <laughs> Rest I don't in know peace. Which one. Yeah, poor guy. Yeah. Kaz, Kaz, I'm. I've got you here because I obviously need a bit of help with this music. I'm sure that you're going to have some good ideas, but I also just want to say that I know that you start every single ride by listening to Rise Against, and I don't want to hear any Rise Against on today's podcast. Are you going to be okay with that? Oh, I can handle it. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you got to admit, Rise Against is pretty important in the mountain bike world. I don't know. Very important. Yeah. Yes. We've all started rides with Rise Against. We'll get to that. 100%. It's kind of an era. Yeah. 100%. People now might not even know because we're old people. So nowadays, you don't see Rise Against being in too many movies or videos or anything. That's true. Henry Quinney is also on the podcast today. Henry, how many rides did you start? by listening to Rise Against? Or did you have, like, what's the English equivalent of Rise Against, maybe? Well, if you think about Rise Against, it's an anagram of Ride Again. Don't think about it too much, <laughs> but if you think about it the right amount, it is. Not um, much. Which is why it's so important. <laughs> which is why it's so important to, um, to keep the motivation high. Right, exactly. I actually saw them years ago, maybe 10 something years ago, and um, they did this one, like, acoustic bit at the end, and the audience was so out of time with their clapping, they had to stop the song. <laughs> oh, shit. They're like, guys, you're pulling us out too bad. Like, we know what we're doing, but you're making it way too difficult. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, doing a bit of homework for this podcast, it's easy to make fun of Rise Against if you come from like a, a certain generation because they're kind of cliche a little bit, you know? But Kaz, like I was listening to some of these Rise Against songs that we used to listen to, like from the Collective in Rome, like that kind of generation. I got so pumped up that I almost went for a bike ride. <laughs> I almost got the gravel bike down, went out and do some skids. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. have anything against What's Rise the... Against. No, I think they're great. What's the, I guess, leave you on the gravel bike, you have like Drake, that's your Rise Against or something like that, isn't it? Gucci Mane, actually. I listen to Gucci <laughs> Mane nonstop when I'm in the drops. <laughs> Gucci Mane nonstop when I'm in the drops. Man, you can just hear that midlife crisis coming in. <laughs> oh, you have no idea, Henry. You have no idea. So, unfortunately, we don't have a James Smurthwaite with us today. He's here in spirit. James, I would argue, is our resident music specialist, Kaz. Uh, so he's here in spirit. We do have a, a list of music from him we're going to include later on in the podcast. But before we move on and before we get to the news, guys, last week we talked about mountain bike cliches. And I got to say, we missed a whole bunch of good ones, mostly because I was in a rush to get out of my hotel room. But the pinkers were in the comments and they've reminded us of a bunch of them. 
So Mike B, he said, under episode 117, he wants to see the words whip, steed, and sled disappear. So if you guys are writing a review and you you don't want to use the word bike for the 87th time in the first paragraph, what do you call a bike? Couple a machine a sometimes. Disco stick. Disgusting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do like machine. What about rig? Do you guys have a problem with rig? Rig's bad. No, rig's, rig is not not on. That's because in the UK, is, is, yeah, yeah, you should say bike. But in, in the UK, no, that's gear. Like heroin, it's not a rig, is it? It's it's gear. What do you call like your well, heroin rig? Is gear? like your heroin rig, yes, but <laughs> yeah. But, but you might also say like, oh, there's some some rig, like they're pretty burly, you know. I don't know, oh. just I just oh god, I mean. It's hard because whatever we do sounds awful. Yeah. It's just... Yeah. And you're trying not to sound repetitive. You sit, Yeah. We're trying to be a little bit different. So if you read the same thing, it doesn't feel like you've read it but, tons of times before. But. Yeah. But I think, I think the thing with words like steed is they're clearly self-aware and clearly sort of mocking yourself. I know. Like I would never say steed unironically. And if you're... <laughs> yeah. But imagine if you read it and you think I'm being serious, I do sound like a pillock, but like I'm yeah. saying it mocking myself. You do. You sound exactly like that, but yeah. <laughs> I like machine Lady personally. Buckinghamshire, your steed awaits. <laughs> uh, to Glenn says he wants people to stop saying cheers after every mountain bike statement. Eh, I think that's just being nice. Cheers, guys. We're going to end cheers. the podcast with cheers later on. Yeah. Uh, and AJW says he hates seeing people use the words skid switch instead of brake lever, brain bucket instead of helmet, and party post instead of dropper. I'm guilty of party post. I use party post many, many times. Yeah, I do hate party post. Yeah, I don't like it at all. I don't know why. It just bothers me. But I don't like. I don't mind brain bucket though. That seems. I always kind of thought it was funny. But yeah, party post. I don't know why. It's so corny. I find, I find mullet a bit. A bit like that. I preferred mixed wheeled because I'm yeah, just so uh, so mature. But mullet seems a bit. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. I would say mullet's a little immature for me. I also prefer <laughs> mixed wheel bicycle, mixed wheel steed. <laughs> mixed Anyways, wheel whip. <laughs> <laughs> cheers, everybody. <laughs> We're gonna do an ad read now. This week's podcast is brought to you by Level Nine Sports. Born in the Wasatch Mountains of Utah, Level 9 Sports prides itself on providing value and expertise for mountain bikers of all ability levels. With plenty of bikes, components, apparel, and accessories in stock, they have everything you need for the trail. Shop level9sports.com or visit one of their four stores in Utah today. Kaz, take us away on the news. All right. Top of the news list, we've got Uno releasing their first EMTB. It's the... What's well, called the booze. So B O O with yeah. the two little dots over the top. S. Uh. How do you say that? Booze. <laughs> it's my Uno booze. I didn't. I didn't know what the dot signified. I thought it might be like genuinely. I was like, is it a play on the word like bougie, like bouge? Bouge. Bouge. <laughs> it's so expensive. Yeah, it's hard to say. But either way, it's Uno's first e-bike. It looks amazing, even especially for an e-bike. Like it does look very good. Um, they partnered up with this company called Oceanworks, and they help retrieve and recycle rubbers and plastic from the ocean. So the resin parts of the frame are made with n recycled nylon. It's about 184 grams of of this Oceanworks nylon. Um, so not a ton, but it's a, you know a step towards helping include some 
recycled bits in the bike, but um, it also has a motor and a battery and all that. So that's probably a different topic, but either way uses Bosch's CX generation four motor and a 750 watt hour battery, and 160 millimeters of travel mixed wheel combo and 10,000 euros. So Levy, now yeah. that these e-bikes aren't looking like the communal lawnmower from a hippie allotment <laughs> and they're getting pretty premium, are you, are you kind of, is because you only ride AXS famously, you refuse to ride anything famous. else. <laughs> um, are you going to be interested in e-bikes now that they're so nice? I mean, this is easily the best looking e-bike I've ever seen in my life by far. But it, I mean, no, I know. I don't think so. No, no. I mean, it's gorgeous, but I think lots of things are good looking that I shouldn't have anything to do with. So it makes me want it just to like have it in the shop here. Kaz, we should definitely get one. Yeah, probably should. I don't think it's, I mean, yes, we should get one to test. They're not make. it's kind of like their other stuff where they're starting out with just a size medium and then eventually they'll have other sizes. But um, yeah, we should probably try to get one in because it looks amazing. What about, what about you, Henry? Do you think this thing is the best looking e-bike you've ever seen? And does it make you want to be an e-cyclist? Um, it's a far better fist of it than other brands have done. Um, it looks a lot more integrated. It looks clean, it looks refined. Um, I don't. I think the seat tube is a bit iffy. It looks like it's like getting a bird's eye view of the rest of the bike. It's a bit too out It's about a foot me. too long, it sounds um, like. Yeah, yeah until, I mean, but... Yeah. It looks beautiful though. It looks um, it looks great. It almost looks like a win- like a e bike Wilson, you know, with that rear triangle, mm-hmm. like the same sort of oh, yeah. silhouette. It looks yeah. great, but uh, yeah. no, not not for me. Not not my cup of tea. Yeah. yeah, I'd ride one, but yeah, we'll try to get one in. Looks cool. And moving on to a non motorized bike, we had the review that last Tarvo went up this last week, and that was the bike I've been riding for the last few months. Comes in at under thirty pounds. Um, it's got 160 millimeters of rear travel, 170 mil fork, and that weight is with a double down rear tire. So definitely a super light bike. They say it's the lightest enduro frame in the world, and I'm tempted to believe them after putting on the scale. It's got to use a carbon flex stay pivot, and that's kind of one of the ways that it, it saves weight. So super light frame, and they also eliminated um, any cartridge bearings or anything at the, the back end to keep it light. Kaz, there's one more note there that you forgot. Oh, yes. Levy <laughs> would like to know if you can ride this bike all year. I'll bring it up for you to ride. You should check it out. I think you'd like it. Yeah. It's I feel like, like this is my kind of bicycle. I would trade the Zeb for like a something else, but I don't need a Zeb on the front of a bike. Yeah. I mean, it is a bike that, yeah, you could do that. I mean, you could save a half a pound and put a, you know, put a Lyric on there or a 36 or something. And then, um, you would have an even lighter light bike. Yeah. yeah. I think I'd put a, I'd put a Lyric on there and then I'd do some other things, get it down to a solid 24 pounds, some single ply XC. <laughs> I'm only joking. But, but seriously, really. actually, you should bring that bike to me and I would like to ride it for a while. Yeah. I'll let you ride it. It's got those trick stuff brakes, which are amazing also. They're yeah. so strong and great. So yeah, cool bike. I'm glad it exists. It wasn't, I didn't quite get along with it as much as I thought, but um, it's got some interesting quirks. What didn't you like about it? It sounds like it's a fun it's thing. Like, yeah, it's fun. It just has like this little, I don't know, at times I thought it was almost like a slippery fish. Like you kind of have to be on it or it feels like it wants to squirt out from underneath you. Like it's just, um, it's, it's maybe hard not to as pl- active and forgiving. No, it's almost it's like simple. it. No, it's not that. That would be more. It's like, it's, it's soft off the top, but like deeper in the travel, it's super progressive. So it does sometimes feel like it just wants to like go forward, um, rather than just like sitting and staying planted. So it took me some time to kind of like calm it down a little bit, but mm. it's a cool bike though. Um, Kaz, when you bring it up for Levy, and Levy, when you inevitably don't ride it, 
Can I write it? Yeah, yeah, that would probably. I'll just give it to so, you, and Levy could find you, and yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just going to sit in Levy's shop and not be ridden. <laughs> I also want to try that bold you have, Henry. We got some interesting bikes right now. Yeah, we can do a little bike yeah. trade program. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on with the news, we've got SRAM releasing some uh, mineral oil brakes, the new DB8s, and so that was kind of big news. SRAM's always traditionally used dot fluid in their brakes, and these ones, four piston brake that's said to be almost but not quite as powerful as codes. Um, comes in at a price of $137 per wheel. And they say that the service intervals, the amount of time between bleeding them is going to be a lot longer due to the use of mineral oil. So instead of bleeding them once a year, they say you can go uh, bleed them once every two years. So it could be good for people that like to just let their bikes sit and never touch them. That'll be good for all the pinkers that bleed their brakes. Never. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, and I think we will see these yeah. initially that like you can't buy them on the market right now. They're going to just start showing up as OE spec. So bikes that are um, coming as complete bikes, I bet you'd see them on some e-bikes, but it'll, you know, it's kind of interesting to see that they did decide to go with mineral oil versus dot fluid. It is, it is interesting because every other brand, they have a fluid they use, whatever it is. And that's what their entire catalog uses. I think if I'm not mistaken, Unless there, I don't think there are any other brands that use two different fluids. Well, there are there brands that sometimes, like Trick Stuff, sell their road calipers, for instance, for either SRAM or Shimano, and then you just change the seals to suit. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there are little things like that, but largely, yeah, you're you're right. Yeah, brands they like invest in a type of fluid, and that type of fluid is the best fluid. Yeah, Anyways. and then with this, yeah, and with this one, like you do need a different bleed kit because you obviously can't be mixing your dot bleed kit with your uh, mineral oil bleed kit and yeah so they exist they say one of the reasons like for someone that's saying i guess the reason that they went with the mineral oil for this is again the, the stability and the lower maintenance but they say they'll still be using the dot fluid for the higher end brakes because it allows them to have seals with less friction and a little bit better um, operating range of temperatures so i don't think we'll see the dot fluid ones go away after this podcast can we never talk about mineral fluid again a hundred percent i think no, no promises <laughs> anybody that talks about mineral fluid automatic podcast ban (laughs) all right well i'm not talking about mineral fluid let's go on to the last little bit of news we've got the 2022 value bike field test started to roll out this week so we've got five full suspension bikes under 3500 us dollars four hardtails under 2100 us dollars a bunch of us were down in tucson arizona getting stabbed by cactus and falling into rocks and drinking horchata so those are all popping up, you know, review a day, um, or you can, if you want to binge watch them, I think you subscribe on beta and then they're all up there already. Henry, did you, did you watch the first review from field test? Oh yeah. I was up at nine o'clock for, for when it came out. Don't you worry. You had your alarm set. I did. Yes. Yes. You know me. Never miss a beat. No, I will. I will watch them. I really like the intro. I, um, it was good. Good piece of video, that, Levy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like my shorts are too short. It seemed like a good idea at the time. I would say not <laughs> short enough. Yeah, yeah, they could short go shorter. Enough. There's room to go shorter, I think. Yeah. And really, the, yeah. the the videos are worth watching on YouTube for the ads with Levy in it. Because you can see Mishka, the dog. She's in an advertisement for Beta. Oh, I haven't seen any of those. Yeah, they're pretty good. Have they put... They're on... Those ads are on the YouTube one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. They came out really I'll good. check it out. Yeah. Levy's That's a good, good. That's good. Good that's advertising good. actor. Look. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I guess that's it for news, eh, Cass? That's it. That's all the only exciting things that happened? Uh, we had, um, I mean, we also had the Mega Tower released today, like a few hours ago. So that's kind of big news, oh, too. Yeah, we, we should probably talk about, about that a little bit. Yeah. Who had that so, bike? Yeah. Matt Beer had that, and he's written it, uh, I think he's had it the last few weeks. 
We're also going to have that in the next field test. Our next field test being Durabikes. So we're going to get the Mega Tower in there and some other bikes since it's a, a brand new bike. So we'll see how it compares against everything else out there. Um, yeah, they bumped the travel up a little bit. It's 165 mils of travel or 170, depending on the uh, shock stroke. And the big news is it's got a, a, a snack storage compartment. It's got a little latch. Down tube is huge. You can fit all kinds of stuff in there. And they obviously they made it slacker and a tiny bit longer, but not a ton longer. They got rid of the adjustable chain stays that some of the other bikes had. And now it's just size specific chain stays depending on the, on the frame size. Matt liked it, I assume. Yeah, he liked it, said it battled super well, good traction. So it seems like it works like an enduro bike should, but again, we'll get it, do some back to back with some other bikes and that'll, uh, that'll really see how it stacks up, but it looks cool. I mean, it looks like a, looks like a mega tower, but and I'm interested to try it. Cause I actually wasn't a fan of the last mega tower. I thought there was some, the suspension never, I didn't quite get along with it that well. And the geo wasn't exactly what I wanted. So this one looks, looks closer. I think I remember that review, Kaz. You said it was maybe not quite as active as you would have preferred. Was that your critique? Yeah, it felt I mean, that one just felt like a little bit harsh with the tune. I think the compression tune maybe on that shock. But it's been a little, it's been years since I, 2019, I think, or 2018. But or, yeah, I think 19. Um, yeah, God, so it was just really? a little harsh for me. I would have yeah. guessed that was a year ago. No, I think it was. Jesus. Yeah, it definitely wasn't a year ago. But, but yeah, so it'd be yeah. fun to okay. ride this one and well. see. All right, let's move on to questions. We have two questions. Uh, this one is specifically for Henry. HP Man 83. When Henry talked about some super fast but not in fashion riders in Europe, it gave me an idea for a future podcast. He wants us to talk about the differences between Europe and North America in the mountain biking world. <laughs> yeah. Differences oh, in terrain, riders, mentality. Mm. Like, obviously, this is a big topic, and obviously, we could say a lot of stupid things that, <laughs> mm. right? Yeah, but we have to say, I mean, Henry, 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 have you made it to America yet, though? Have you ever been here? I haven't made it to the United States of America. So, we can't go too in-depth without Henry I've doing seen, his trip. I've seen enough from Squamish. I think I'm staying put. Henry, you've spent a ton of time in Europe. Different. Yeah, mm-hmm. you've spent a ton of time in Europe. So... Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just yeah, being very careful. I know, uh, me too. I don't want to say anything. <laughs> I, will, I love okay, everybody these from the Europe. Differences, <laughs> these, in my mind, are the differences between like North American, Canadian culture, European, and sort of Oceanian culture in terms of mountain biking. Um, as far as I'm concerned, p- people just love driving here. They love driving more than they like riding bikes. Any excuse to drive their cars to oh. the trails and then shuttle and then drive some more and it's i've never it's it's bizarre it's absolutely bizarre i think also because canada's a lot younger like in europe there are a lot of like small villages in places you wouldn't expect so like say if we're in squamish there'd actually be a little village at the top of diamond head where there would be a cafe and you know people would live there and stuff like that that sounds great because because it's so young you tend to as a country like you just have these sort of big towns or t- well towns that are on the highway and they're not much else which is good and bad um but yeah that's my big thing about north american riding is everything's just driving everything well, and also, you, like, to, you keep I saying north american though spot. you still have never been to america so we got to make sure you don't do too much um, blanket is it different is it different i don't no, have to drive to the, the trails i just ride my bike from my back door yeah, I don't drive to the trails either, but I bet a yeah. shit ton of people do. Oh, yeah, they do love to drive. Yeah, I can't tell. Yeah, that's why I have big trucks. Oh, man. Yeah, because yeah, it's a driving hobby. Uh-huh. 
I we don't have any trains with a bit of mountain biking in between. Yeah, we need more trains. Like Europe has trains, so you can go places. We don't have trains. <laughs> There's definitely trains here. I've taken the train. Yeah. There's so many more trains in Europe than in America. They call them trams. They're trams, oh, trams? or funiculars, Kaz. No, those are different. <laughs> I took a train. Trains. A lot of places. I was in like Austria and I took a train to the airport in Geneva. I remember it. Yeah. Did they get rid of the trains? It's just the idea of all the mountain bikers in, in, in Europe yeah. getting on a train to go riding. Like, yeah, we might use a train to go somewhere, but it's not like, what would mountain biking be without our rail network? <laughs> no, no. Well, yeah. It doesn't go like the top of the trail. That would be sweet. Like a little choo-choo, like a little like steam train. <laughs> you just hop off. You shuttle by steam train. They could get that. Uh, but in Austria, in Innsbruck, they're not, I think I saw maybe last year or two years ago, you know, they got crankworks that it was a big deal. Then the next year, they banned taking your bike on public transport. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. Didn't <laughs> yeah. really. And They're also confused. Like, yeah, and it's like, you need public transport there to get around. So, I mean, um, but yeah, like, I don't know. The Canadian riding is definitely pretty good. It is, it is pretty good. They do a lot of good things here, but the driving thing I'll never understand. Henry, would you say that it is accurate that maybe North American riders are more concerned with their appearance and what they're wearing and how they look than people it's, in it's, Europe? I think, honestly, I think BC is probably a strange place for that because, let's face it, there is... I don't I didn't think my experience living in Squamish would be representative of... And, you know, especially in places like Whistler, of people across North America in general because there is a lot of money here and yeah. people will go and they buy their Levo and their full race kit and their carbon Troy Lee helmet and they just you know what I mean and I think in Europe it does seem to be because in Europe and this is again only my experience of it but you know you can go skiing and as long as your your, your planks are pretty slippy it doesn't really matter and there are a lot of people in skiing that don't really give a fuck but they absolutely shred and I think some of that bleeds into mountain biking over there where it's just a case of like, oh, in the summer I ride mountain bikes in the same way that in the winter I ski and they have some, like a 2008 kind of stinky and it's just their bike and it's just the same, like, are the skis slippy? Does the bike roll? Yeah, then it'll be okay. And you do some, see some people that just absolutely, you know, shred on these old bikes. They don't really, don't really care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are in, we are in a bit of a bubble here. Like if, you know, if we were over in, uh, I don't know, Newfoundland, Henry. It might not. Mm. It might not feel as you know cool. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people have moved to Squamish for a very particular reason, um, and so it's it's a huge part of their life. And yeah. I think also the thing that's strange to me about Squamish, if I'm being very honest, is that I feel like a lot of people have sacrificed so much to live here. I mean, in terms of like speaking to their families, maybe they've moved away from home. Maybe maybe they've moved across the country, which in Canada is a big deal, right? It's a big old place. And they feel they need to, they need Squamish to be amazing for that experience to be, for that Mm -hmm. decision to be correct. And so there's a lot of pressure on Squamish to be amazing. And honestly, the riding's pretty good here. It's not the best place I've ever ridden. It's perfectly reasonable. It's amazing. it's really it's, good. I think it's the worst place I've ridden in BC alone. <laughs> okay. No, really yeah, right. I'm going to go know. ahead and disagree with that. Yeah, I'll but. disagree with that also. No, like, like Nelson, Fernie, yeah, those Whistler. Are great. 
Yeah. They're also good, yeah. Those are just they as great. They're better. I mean, Squamish uh, is amazing, but like, you know, Castlegar was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ride I mean, your bike hey, to all those I'm places? Saying, I'm not saying Squamish is bad. How do you get there without bad, driving? But... <laughs> you better oh, not well, have driven there, Henry. <laughs> yeah, you better. <laughs> he took the fucking you know train, I mean? Cass. <laughs> yeah, all right. The Canadian train. <laughs> yeah. But do, you, but do you know what I mean? I think Squamish is amazing, but I think it takes on a weight in a fight that it, it's it's unfair for any one place that it has to be this most amazing place in the world. And it's very, very good. And the yeah. riding is very good. It's not perfect, but it's pretty good. Um, yeah. And people need it to be amazing to feel better about all the sacrifices they made to live here, which is unfair on Squamish. No vegetables. No vegetables. Hey, Henry, have you ever done the Port de Soleil? Uh, I mean, I've ridden there a fair bit, but I haven't done the big event. No. Well, you're missing out. I did it one year. Kaz, have you done it? And I've seen it. I've been there when it's happening, and there's a lot of body armor and uh, funny bikes and things. It looked special. Cigarettes. That <laughs> <laughs> too. And cheese. I feel... <laughs> Can I just go back a bit? I feel like your guy's strong reaction made me feel that what I was saying... The riding in Squamish is really good, but compared to the interior of BC, it's not like standout, you know? It's different in the interior of BC. Hmm. Yeah, I know, no, I know. I, don't, I, don't I mean, I know what you're saying, though. Here, like, people. There are so many places here with amazing riding. Like, Pemberton yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, let's go on to the next question. Now Sorry that we, we have one in Squamish, I'm just upset. Yeah. I'll be chased out. Kick you out. Yeah. Stay tuned yeah. for the end of this podcast where I'll post Henry's phone number so you could give him a call <laughs> and let him know how you feel about what he said about Squamish. Okay, we're going to move on to Crack City Jones. Oh, we're talking tires here. Uh, this one was posted under the Clichés podcast. He says the crew was talking about how you don't necessarily need Max's tires to ride hard. Uh, He says Ryan Palmer threw out that he didn't think the DHF was the best tire for a Pacific Northwest winter. Tons of slop. It's wet. It's rooty, very slippery, but no one offered better alternatives. Henry? Um, To be honest with you, I didn't want to... He was in full flow, but I didn't want to... I necessarily wouldn't agree with that, what he said. I think it's a pretty good tire because here drains quite well. And yeah, it's not necessarily good at clearing, but whether the soil's wet or dry doesn't really matter as long as its consistency is the same. Um, and so I think it's a pretty good tire. I mean, there are better tires. I think going onto something that has a slightly taller stack height isn't half bad. So on something like those, um, you see it's something like the Kenda Pinna maybe, which the compound isn't quite soft enough for my liking, or something like the um, Versatile from Delium, where they do have a bit more stack height and they're almost like a minion with that double stacked row crossed with something like a shorty um but then when the grip is high and they do they do tend to i think probably roll a little bit more so yes i think one of the challenges that we have here is when it gets wet and muddy obviously you want taller spikes and and stuff to get through that to grip but we also have a fair number a fair bit of wood on the trail whether that's roots across the trail on weird angles that are shiny and slippery or wet bridges so i mean those two don't really go together like i want to use i do want to use like a a big pointy magic mary cas but i also know from experience that magic mary on roots and wood is nothing but trouble so what's what is your answer i know you're a maxis guy and there's he asked for other ideas but i want to hear what you 
I have to think. Yeah. I mean, sticking with the Inmax is like the Asagai is the one that I prefer in the winter when it's not super sloppy, but we're starting to see a bunch of brands come out with kind of really similar tread patterns, which is good because that pattern does work pretty well in a lot of conditions. Um, so yeah, so, I mean, yeah. So I also put a shorty on if it's a little bit wetter and like pretty muddy, but again, the shorty, if you are getting more harder pack rocks and roots is not as good, but the new shorty is really good. But for other brands, um, let's see what else is similar. Like the, I like the Michelin, their wild Enduro, the front works pretty well. Again, it's got in colder temperatures. It's not as good. Um, the rubber compound gets a little bit stiff it's like that slower, slower rebounding, but I found when it's cold. It's not as good, but it does cut through the, the sloppier stuff pretty well. Um, I like specializes tires, like the butcher is a good front tire for pretty much all year round use here in the, in the Pacific Northwest. And then, yeah. And then out back something like a DHR two or a Schwalbe big Betty kind of a bigger mm-hmm. blockier tread pattern works pretty well for a year round setup cast that just works everywhere for a big bike. Would you go ask front and like a DHR rear? Yeah. That's what I yeah. typically run. Yeah. I feel I like that's having an Asa guy. One of the great things about the Asa guy is that it works so well front and back because to some people, it's not an idea that I disagree with. Um, you know, running the same tire front and back, it does represent value because you constantly just cycle the front onto the rear and then new one on the front. Mm-hmm. When you're running different tires at front and back, it's like, it's kind of another variable. Um, so I think for all year round, like having guys and just only buying new front guys and then just putting the old one on the back mm-hmm. isn't a bad way to do it. Yeah, just get that kind of draggy. Rolling slow. <laughs> yeah, like a rear guy feels yeah, slower but... than a DHR2. But... It, doesn't, it doesn't bother me at all, eh? I don't yeah. know. I just think there's so many you're, reasons to be inefficient. Henry, you're good with that. Like you, when I'm going out for a big ride, I usually want to be on, like if I'm going out for a big pedal and I'm going to be out for many hours, mm-hmm. I want to be on like a light, fast, efficient bike that gives me uh, the most advantage and the least amount of watts wasted. But you do a lot of your big rides on big bikes with big, slow tires and you, you seem mm-hmm. not to give a shit, which I... I admire that. I like that. Like you rode yeah. that stupid GT with an idler to Whistler and back. <laughs> yeah, I, was, yeah, it just, it's just, um, I think that's the thing though. I think big riding for me is all about, it's all about focusing on the things that are inside, not things that are outside. And the, the tires are outside. So fuck them. Does it matter? Like once huh. you get used to it, you ride for five minutes and it's done. And what are you trying to do? You're trying to go as like, is, I think this is a really important thing. I think it's something that mountain bikers at every level and all cyclists we get, we focus too much on. Like small setup changes, they can help you. But for a lot of people, small setup differences will actually be a way to manifest their anxiety. And if it gets to that point, fuck it, see it as a challenge. You know what I mean? Like let it be something you're going to be good with. So ride the heaviest tires and, and enjoy it. Make yourself enjoy it. Like you just got to really enjoy the freedom of it. Yeah. Are you saying it's the freedom of it? It sounds freedom, like you're saying that, those, <laughs> the freedom of rolling with like Michelin freedom. downhill tires, just being like, no, the, I'm the so free. <laughs> like, just don't, just don't care. Like it's caring at some point becomes a choice about like caring about whether you got somewhere to sleep or you've got food. These are things to care about. Caring about 200 grams total weight accumulated on your two tires. That's a choice. Choose not to care. And you can find yourself not caring pretty quick. Are you yeah, saying but this that, is like philosophy? I want to just like have tires that roll nicely and yeah. be lighter. Yeah, but, but I'm just saying, like for most people, it's like we live in this like world where you know it's. I guess it's like praxology, but like the second choice makes 
can create anxiety about the first the first choice if you remove the second choice like we have loads of different bikes to choose from we have like different tires to choose from most people when you only have one thing you just got to accept it and as soon as you accept it you know worries disappear so um yeah just don't give a fuck and you'll be all right but choose not to care you know henry you're making me feel neurotic because only because i change my tires before every single ride depending on the conditions and the time of day and what i had for breakfast <laughs> i want to get the most out of the ride <laughs> I'm, o- I'm only half joking too anyways <laughs> let's move on let's talk about music and mountain bikes and i want to start this off by talking about listening to music when we ride i know that's a touchy subject whenever it comes up in the comments there seems to be some people that get pretty angry about other people that listen to music when they're on the trails um, but i know also henry you are a pro headphone wearer oh no i don't wear headphones i just blast it on my phone no, you do not. Do really? you? I do. No, you don't. Oh, no, no. Yeah. We didn't know Are this. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, no one I wants do. to listen to your bullshit. I only ride by myself. That's so. not true. No. I don't know if I'm riding with someone else. If I'm not riding with someone else, I turn it off. You're on the trail, and you've mm-hmm. you've got your music blaring, and you're coming down this it's great section. Blaring. It's on. It's loud it's enough on, so you can blaring. hear it when you ride, yeah. and you're coming yeah. down the trail... And there's a group just of people Morrissey on the trail. Through the having... woods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's placebo. <laughs> you, Pretty much. You, there's these people that are enjoying nature. They're looking at birds and petting mm-hmm. the grass and the bushes and talking to the trees. And then you come down and you have Morrissey turned up to 11. People don't want to hear not, that shit. One, it's not turned up to 11. And two, I am sometimes embarrassed, but also I'm only going there for a second. So it's all right. Hmm. I feel like, like I'm too self-conscious to do that. Yeah, okay, that so guy. yeah. I get really embarrassed if it's at traffic lights or something, then I turn it down. But ultimately, like, say if I ride for three hours and I spend five minutes of those riding past or with an earshot, it's yeah. not a big deal. Like, if someone gets offended at that, like, it's really? not my problem, you know? <laughs> See, when we were when we were filming in Tucson for the field test, we were out mm. on the trail and some hikers came by with their sticks and their bags and their hats. And they had one of those uh, freaking Bluetooth speaker things attached to their bags. Mm. And they were playing music. And I thought to myself, they were playing fine music. And it also doesn't matter what they were playing. Who cares? Like, I don't actually care. But I thought to myself, here we are out here in this beautiful, nice weather. I don't want to hear your garbage. Yeah, I mean, my music, I sounds a bit silly because I did initially, because I used to ride in earphones but it does make me a bit uncomfortable. And I actually started listening to my, put my phone in my pocket on the road bike because mm-hmm. basically my theory was that if I couldn't hear my phone over the wind noise, then I wouldn't be able to hear earphones anyway. But I had a, I just felt like it wasn't actually just screwing my ears having to have it turned up so loud. Yeah. Um, but I did feel quite paranoid, I suppose. I was being that guy that was... But then actually I put my phone at the volume. I listened to it like five or six paces away and, and you can't really hear it. How come you don't wear headphones? Um, I just don't like the extra complication. I like to just feel like I have less. Yeah. Another thing that I've got to think about or any wires connected. I just don't like it. What if you just didn't have your phone with you? Also, yeah, but it's like another thing, like cables running up or recharging earphones and stuff. It's just another, another hassle. Yeah. 
I will say many years ago, Kaz, during Crankworks, actually, I left Crankworks and I did a ride with a friend and they had a Bluetooth speaker and we listened to, geez, what did we listen to? It was like, I don't know. It was some great I was with music. you on that ride. Were you, no, I don't think you were. Uh, were you? Function Junction. Yeah. But we were, we were surprised by this person having a Bluetooth speaker with him. We're like, oh, really? This guy is one of those people. Oh. Yeah. And yeah. was it good? I don't it was remember. All right. Yeah. But it's still music. Yeah, I was there. I remember. <laughs> I think we're talking about the same person. But yeah, I don't, I'm not, a, I mean, everyone can do whatever they want in the woods, but I never listen yeah. to music ever when I ride. I just can't, I just can't deal with it. I don't know. I Even, love music a lot. But. Okay. You're, you're on a big ride, Kaz, and you've got like a two hour climb ahead of you or like mm-hmm. two one hour climbs or whatever. You're by yourself. You would you wouldn't bring music just to pass no. the time or podcast Never. or no. You just get lost in your thoughts. You're not scared of that, like I am. Yeah, no, I don't think about much. That's why I'm riding. It just kind of like turn <laughs> off, like just ride. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't like the extra complication, distraction. Like the only time I ever listen to music during sports is like on the chairlift while skiing, and that's about it because you're just sitting there. But like going even going down, I just need to like be focused. I've got something that is going to make me sound like a, a crazier person. I think I've already more so. Yeah. Right, continue. Go on. <laughs> but this is, yeah. I don't know if this is going to make me sound a bit weirder. But I'm quite, I'm quite a... I get into things in a big way. And so I only listen to music. <laughs> Basically, I have my liked songs on Spotify, which obviously appear in chronological order because you like them etc so that's the only music i listen to is the things on this list and i only listen to them in reverse chronological order so i'll always start my most recent one and i've been doing this for maybe seven years and so every song i know which the next song is coming i've probably got like i don't know 1500 songs on there or something and i can tell you so many details about what's happening in my life when that song was on because it's it's part of a timeline that's music um, and so interesting was that that's music like yeah, that's, that's so part of it. Yeah, it's like I could go to any song in that fifteen hundred or so and click on it, and I kind of know what the next song is going to be. <laughs> yeah. Do you? But yeah. What do you? What do you prefer to listen to? You're on. You're on a long climb. What do you want to listen to during mm-hmm. a long climb, Henry? Oh, anything, man. I, I, it, is so, it will literally be going around between such weird, <laughs> sort of eclectic. Um, yeah. It's the you know the list that I've made. We we all made our playlists, and it's all all these songs have been stuff that I've really enjoyed listening to whilst riding, and hopefully that will give a give something yeah. of a yeah of a help. For me, I it depends on the kind of ride I'm doing, but I have a, a playlist that I that's called this is kind of corny. The playlist is called Smash, and it's just full of like terrible <laughs> rap music, <laughs> and if I'm if I'm going out to pedal hard up a climb, I'll want to listen to that because it amps me up. But if I'm coming back down, I don't want to listen to music that for whatever reason, like I don't want to hear Rise Against or like angsty music before I descend. Like I want to hear like flow and chill music because I feel like I need to be like, Kaz, I feel like I need to be calmed down before I drop in. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's probably good. Yeah, it could make you less, less skiddy. Yeah. yeah, I get it. Do you get yeah. distracted by the music by hearing it when you're descending? Do you ever just like no. find yourself on the music and not pay attention? So I'll, I'll never listen to music when I descend because I want to hear what the bike is doing. 
if mm-hmm. I feel like, like, I mean, I don't have, if you have headphones and you don't have one of your senses and like, I'm probably crashing anyway, regardless of if I can hear my tires sliding or not, but it, it, it almost feels like my balance isn't as good when I'm listening to music. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. That's why I can't do it. Like I can, I, I totally get listening to music on a long climb. Cause it's like, you're kind of, nothing's happening, but descending, I can't do it at all. Okay. Before we move on, uh, what about podcasts? Do you guys do podcasts? When you ride, we know Kaz doesn't. Uh, I find, I find podcasts. I uh, no, I like I like listening to familiar music because I don't have to concentrate on listening to it, and that's what mm-hmm. I find so comforting. I find the idea of listening to a podcast and having to focus it make would make me quite anxious. Um, I I only like to listen to things I'm familiar with. Like I'd I'd never put on a new album that I'd never listened to before, a new playlist to go ride. It would be it would be too much of a distraction. Yeah, you're a little crazy. Just a yeah, little. no, I don't want to. Yeah, it's, it's different. <laughs> yeah, but it's only a. I think music can be like a blanket, right? And I think yeah. um, it's just a comforter. That's all that it is. It's just a comforter. Yeah, I yeah, I would agree. I mean, my riding playlists are the same freaking songs, and I know what's come. Like you said, I know the song that's coming up next, and like I skip it before mm-hmm. I even get to it if I don't want to listen to it. And yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Well, since we're talking about music and mountain biking, we obviously have to talk about mountain bike movies. Mountain bike movies and their soundtracks, I think, are it's been a big part of of mountain biking. Maybe less so now, though, guys. Now that we, it's more edits and stuff now. But I mean, we remember a time when DVDs got released and it was a big deal, and we'd go to premieres and there would be amazing soundtracks in these things. It's it's different now, though, right? Yeah, I think that's like for a lot of us that, you know, if we were growing up in the early 2000s, if that was when you were fully into mountain biking, you'd wait for that full length video to come out and then you would watch it over and over and over again. And that's when those songs get burned in your brain. You can think of, you know, if I hear one of these, we keep talking about Rise Against, but if you say Rise Against, I just think of Matt Hunter riding in Kamloops or wherever he was. Like I can picture that scene. Um, so I think that you just get that association where nowadays I don't feel like I can think of a more modern song and, and the video or, or video part that it goes with just because how things have changed. Yeah, they don't they don't stand out in the same way, do they? No, no, not at all. Speaking of standing out, Henry, give me give me some movie sections and some songs that have stood out to you in the past. Um, I think there's a song um, called Decepticon by La Tigre, which is in Earthed originally, but it's been in loads. It's sort of having a strangely sort of like a real resurgence in wider pop culture in the last couple of years. And it's on loads of edits and stuff like that. That is a song that I think it's impossible not to find it kind of sort of exciting and infectious. And I don't know, that's a song that I really, really like. Another one I think is <laughs> just purely because of Phil Atwell's section and Gamble is uh, Rasputin by Boney M that is such a good song another song that's had this like kind of resurgence in recent years as well um both of those are just such good i can't listen to them without thinking of mountain biking i'm not gonna lie i can't recall either of those songs what about you kaz what what movies do you that come to mind and and the songs in them yeah, I think one of my favorites is Jeff Lanoski in, in uh, New World Disorder 8. He's he's riding, it's kind of like an urban segment, which I'm not usually the biggest fan of urban stuff, but this one they shot it in black and white and then they put TV on the radio uh, staring at the sun and it just fit perfectly. Like oh. it could have been a music video 
which I thought was really cool because you're watching like, oh, like the music is actually making me pay more attention to what's happening on the screen. And I thought that was pretty neat. Like I've always liked that section. I don't think I was super familiar with TV on the radio at the time, but I definitely got into them because of that movie, I'd say. Um, and then, like I mentioned before, Matt Hunter and the Collective is the Rise Against segment. Same thing. He's just like charging through the desert and just going fast and big. Kind of just fits. And then another one, Carlin Dunn in New World Disorder 6. He's got Dio and Holy Diver. So just kind of classic rock song. He's just going huge. And just that was one of those, you know, like I kind of always liked when the the straight up like bike porn videos would use, you know, Megadeth or, or just kind of like hard music and just hard charging riding. Because that's, that's kind of what I wanted when I was watching it. I was like, I just want it to be straight up crazy stuff with loud music and then like that's kind of what I liked about mountain biking at that point. There's a song by Rob Zombie called Dragula, which is in three mm-hmm. minute gaps. And I think it's in the section where they're riding shampoo before it gets wet. And that is such hard charging and it sets it up so well for the next part. I've always thought that was so yeah. sick. Yeah, that's a good song. I was going to ask you about that, Henry, because I mean, I don't think you're someone who you don't just wake up and turn on the Rob Zombie, but it's funny how when it's put to some riding, like it means more, you know, like the song works all of a sudden. Yeah, it does. And I think um I think that song in particular is so noisy, you know, and it manages it has these weird like quiet sections as well. And then it goes to really noisy again. And I think it just works with the mountain biking edit so well. I think um there's another band called Vast. Um and he does this if you listen to he features I think he features on Clay Porter stuff a lot. But he did this thing called Thrown Away. And I think that's the music used uh, in the shampoo segment of First when it's like Sam Hill, like having not won, but obviously won everyone's respect. And it's got this sort of weirdly like ethereal quality. And um, that is another song that forever is tied to, to that, that music for me. Yeah, yeah. One that stands out to me is do you guys remember Brandon Seminuk's one shot? I think it was yes. filmed. It looks like maybe in Europe or New Zealand or something. Like he's just in the grassy field mm-hmm. and it's like one long jump line. They played for what it's worth by Buffalo Springfield and holy fuck, it works perfect. Like the song is chill, but at the same time it's like a serious song and then he's coming down and he's just so smooth and he's just, he looks so relaxed and the song is kind of relaxed and everything just like comes together. And it's, yeah, it's a perfect example of two things coming together that I, I would not have thought of work. You know, I asked Max, our uh, main video guy, how much he would have thought he guessed it would have cost to license that song. And he said, Probably $50,000 or more for that one four-minute video. Yeah, that's that's a lot of money. That's crazy. Yeah, we don't even... that much. Yeah, we don't even think of that, you know? Guys, should we make music? I didn't realize there's that much money to be had. <laughs> well, we I mean, we always, we always talk about <laughs> this fucking we make a song, band. <laughs> and then we'll just license it to the next film. Yeah. That's 200 grand. Set. All right. I'm going to get my theremin oh, fired okay, up and ready to go. <laughs> All right. Before we wrap up talking about music, I want to know what music, what song you guys would have for your video section. Henry, first of all, what would you be doing in your video section of your mountain well, bike movie? I think, <laughs> I think there's a big distinction between 
how I'd like to be riding and how I actually would. How I actually would ride would probably be like what becomes of the broken hearted or something. Yeah. <laughs> or something super like, <laughs> as I fair. just understeer through turns and yeah. just like, <laughs> how right I'd like to ride. Um, you know, there's this song by K Tempest called Prometheus. And when the, the like the, when it, the song drops and it hits, I think she's got so much emotion in her voice and it's so like funky and interesting if I could ride bikes like I wanted to ride bikes that would be the one for me but actually Atomic Kit and Eternal Flame is actually probably a better a better fitting <laughs> that's fair that's fair Kaz what what would be your section How what would you be riding and what would the song be mm, I don't know I think like two songs I've been listening to a lot that I think would be good there's a this band called Slift and I think somebody maybe my pink biker might have turned me on to them and after our last podcast we were talking about music someone recommended them and I went down a deep dive with them but so Slift they kind of make this like spacey sort of like heavier rock so Amon is the name of the song and it's got a cool it could pretty much go for anything but I think it'd just be more of like a um just like a faster riding segment I don't know I don't know what I'd be riding because I wouldn't be in a bike, a bike movie right but so somebody else that was really really skinnies? good at bikes. Would it just be skinnies, or would you do other? I could do mine? that. I could. This could be a good skinny one. Yeah, it would work well if like watching me ride skinnies over and over. So that. But then there's also this other one that I, I want to see someone. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned for my skinny edit. It's gonna be sweet. But then there's also this other one. There's a, a Tame Impala song called "Breathe Deeper," but there's a little Yachty remix, and it's so good. Oh. And someone should use it in their in a video because it there's like it's got this kind of cool like bouncy beat to it that I think would work great for some sort of edit. This. Like some slope style kid should just do his flips and spins to this Tame Impala Lil Yachty remix because it's amazing. Lil Yachty, now you're speaking my language, Kaz. Yeah, nice. I like Lil Yachty. That dude's funny. Yeah. I think for my section, I don't know if you guys have heard the new Gucci Mane song, Serial Killers, but I would play Gucci Mane and it would be five minutes of me falling off of skinnies nonstop. We could probably make both our videos at the same time. Like, I'll just sure run. You're gonna fall off behind me, and then you just like you <laughs> save money on the filmer. We just need one filmer. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, love you me sound, some Gucci. You sound fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Henry can't wait for yeah. the premiere. Yeah. We'll invite I know you. Henry. We think about April Fools and what was that? Well, you can come to the premiere of our bike movies. That way you can see. Oh, them. please, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get you tickets. I, ever. I, I can't uh-huh. wait to be there for the planning. Just be like, mm. we're going to ride along this bit of two before <laughs> to this bit of two before, and then to this bit of two before. Oh. <laughs> Stay tuned, everybody. Mike bikes video released during Crankworks premiere will be in Longhorn. All right, James. James isn't here today, but James knows lots about music, and I just want to list out some of his favorite sections and songs. James says, uh, the Seasons video, the Whistler section, Cat Empire, Two Shoes. That definitely rings a bell. That's a kick-ass song. He's also got Rise Against on his list. He also has The Funeral by Band of Horses. That's in the Danny Maxkill edit. Uh, That's a great song. That is a great song. Uh, And then somebody called Gregory Fleeman and the Flea Woman. Have you, have, have you guys heard that, of that one? I have to listen to that. No, I'm not sure. No, the song is apparently called Ratto Boy, uh, and it's for Bryce Lynn's video section. Oh, yes. Some yeah, video. it's like kind of an old classic sounding song. Yeah, no idea. And he's in no the idea. little car and he's driving along and he's got his bike on the back. Okay, well, anyways, <laughs> we're going to put some playlists in this article. So if you're not listening to this on Pink Bike, if you're listening to this on some other player, go to Pink Bike. 
click on the article and you could scroll down and see our playlists. James will have all sorts of great stuff. Kaz will have great stuff. Henry's going to have some weird stuff we've never heard of. And mine's going to be 20 Gucci Mane songs. Let's move on to comment gold and get the heck out of here. This was on the Welcome to Field Test article. This is from Wyo Rider. <clears throat> he says, Always stoked to see affordable bike tests. Amused you're charging extra to see the results sooner, he says. You'll have to wait an extra two weeks of knowing what bike you want that's on back order. <laughs> that's for our field test stuff. So if you guys want to see the results early, you could sign up to beta. I forget how much it is I'm supposed to know, but then you could see all the field test stuff Right away, right now, you don't have to wait for the, the drip release like we usually do on Pink Bike. The next comment, if Henry would stop highlighting it so I could read it, is from Pink505. He says, oh, this, this is also on the Welcome to Field Test article uh, where we talk about bike pricing and stuff like that. He says, instead of USD, can you put the price in years of outside plus membership so I can ask, hey, do I need to buy that new ISO? Or 35 years of outside plus decisions, decisions. <laughs> he says it would make membership seem cheaper and make bikes look less expensive. So there you go. That's it for today's chat about music and mountain bikes. I'm sorry for not knowing more about music, but hopefully Kaz and Henry filled in the gaps and said some smart things. Let us know in the comments what music you listen to when you ride. Henry? Squamish is really nice. I hope I haven't offended anyone. <laughs> oh, it's, too, it's too late. They're all bad. <laughs> Let us know what music you listen to when you ride. If you listen to music when you ride, maybe not. Uh, maybe you don't and you don't think people should be listening to any music. And as always, let us know what you think of the podcast and like and subscribe. We'll see you next episode. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.